Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott's Got Podcast, and today I'm joined by Chris Stoner. Chris, how are we? Yeah, not too bad this week, thank you. So, Chris, we're going to dive right in. Celtic dropped more points at the weekend. Celtic drew three each with Aberdeen at Pataudry. Chris, what was your thoughts? Well, I didn't have the benefit of seeing the game live because of work. Um, from a neutral point of view, it was a very, very entertaining game, particularly the second half. Um, Celtic went into the game with making three changes from the side that suffered a 3-1 defeat on Thursday before to AC Milan. I'm sure we'll come back to that game. Uh, Barkas um, picked up a knock, um, conceding the final goal from Ayer. So he was dropped, Scott Bain was in goal. Um, Scott Brown made a, quite a criminal pass to him straight to an AC Milan player in his final act. So I think he might be dropped to maybe try and learn a lesson or try something out new. So Rogic took his spot um, and Ryan Christie back from the self-isolation period following the coronavirus outbreak in the Scotland squad. Yeah, so first half, Chris, I thought... Celtic didn't do a whole lot. Uh, the Aberdeen were very difficult to break down. They were very or- very well organised, very well drilled. So they were. And Celtic really didn't create anything. No, um, Cal McGregor, I'll mention it now. We'll come back to them getting booked while I'm bringing up later. Um, but for a daft challenge, um, the only real chance Celtic had in the first half was a long-range effort from... Olivier Cham hit the outside of the post um, and then near half time Aberdeen got the first of what turned out to be three penalties in the game um, Cham very clumsy in the box fouling Lewis Ferguson seen similar challenges not given but I'd say it was a clear penalty it was all over and there was heavy contact and Ferguson cools a cucumber converted the penalty yeah, so second half, there was a, it, it was a different Celtic side, I thought, for the first 15 minutes or so. Yeah, you, you definitely knew that Lennon had some really strong words for the players at half-time, and Cal McGregor instantly got the goal, and he took it really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, second game in a row where we've not done, had a good first half. Um, obviously, the Milan game, we switched things up a bit. We were playing the same formation that we played on the full game Sunday. Um, uh, I very well taken equaliser by McGregor. Good ball from Tom Rogic in the build up. Um, it wasn't too long lasted. Um, Shane Duffy, who I thought had been fantastic the first couple of games, um, made a very poor error um, that led to a shot by Sam Cosgrove that was saved, but it was an easy touch into the net by Ryan Hedges to put Aberdeen back up 2 1. And I have to say, Chris, Scott Wright deserves a lot of credit for the determination he showed to close down Shane Duffy. And what was Shane Duffy doing? That was embarrassing. This guy's played in the Premier League for four seasons, right? And he got absolutely bullied from a young boy like Scott Wright. Unbelievable. Yeah, disappointing. That player, uh, Duffy's experience and calibre. He's an international player as well for the Republic of Ireland, so not the kind of mistakes you like to see players of that quality making. Um to um, change things up, um, Scott Brown was indeed brought on alongside for the Liddy Channel and alongside Lee, Lee Griffiths. It was only a few weeks before that Lee Griffiths um, came on and changed the tide of the St Johnson game. First, the two late goals to bail us out on that day. So I think Neil Lennon brought him on and with that in mind that could yield a similar result here. Yeah, and obviously Lee Griffiths took his goal well. But the thing is, though, Chris, in the build-up to that goal, Sam Rodgrove was clearly fouled by Shane Duffy. Yeah, um, it was a well, well-placed ball. Um, no chance for losing goal. Um, um, but yeah, definitely a foul in the build-up. Uh, it was only a matter of seconds later, 17 to be precise, that Griffiths took that chance and put it in the back of the net. So... The build up to that play shouldn't really have happened and we shouldn't have been back in the game at that point. Yeah. So at that point it's two each. Then after that, Celtic get a penalty. My God, honestly. At this point I'm like, okay, Aberdeen have bottled it yet again against Celtic. And Cal McGregor took the penalty well, but do you think it was a penalty? 
Um, this is pointed out on sports scene that this is probably the most debatable of the three penalties, but um, you're putting your boot up like that and there, then you're asking for trouble, um, and the referees are going to call that all day. Yeah, I thought all the all the uh, the penalties that were given in the game were all stonewallers in my opinion. And we'll come to Neil Lennon's comments on the referee after the game, right? So at this yeah. point, Celtic are winning 3-2. I know for a fact you were checking on your phone for updates on the game and you're thinking, right, 3-2, we're going to leave Patoji with three points, just get out of there. Then, in the last couple of minutes of the game, Celtic give away a penalty. Callum McGregor gives it away. He should have been sent off as well. He was already on a yellow, so that should be that should have been a second yellow. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Um, it was a bit, bit what? Well, I say a bit. I'm very lucky not to get the second yellow. You can actually see in the replay that his boot, his boots out. He actually kicks out the Aberdeen player. So it's a stone stonewaller all day, and arguably he should have got a second yellow for that. Yeah. And Lewis Ferguson, eight goals he scored this season, and he seems to be very confident and comfortable taking the penalties, that's for sure. Yeah, two for two on the day. Um, very calm and collected, taking both of them. Pressure didn't get to him, so credit to him for that. Um, and then Hedges could have poked home a winner right at the very end, but Scott Bain did well coming out of his goal and making himself big to deny Aberdeen a dramatic winner. So Celtic's defending Chris at fault again. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, at this point, uh, we're still thin uh, depth, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. Um, with Shane Duffy, um, I think we discussed how much the loan works out as on last week's. Yeah, we did. So, yeah, yeah. You sign somebody like that, you don't expect them to make schoolboy errors against young boys so um, definitely got to be doing a lot better job than that um, like Shane Duffy oh my god like I think uh, i seen a stat for like the last like see Celtic's last uh, five goals that they've conceded Shane Duffy has been at fault for three of them yeah very fair stat that yeah and he's a gift that keeps on giving by the way Um He's a donkey of a defender, I'm just saying it now, mate. Like, I think he's a lost cause. I don't see any way back for Shane Duffy at Celtic. I know we're in October, right? But I think he's just one of those guys from the EPL who have came up to Scotland with a big ego, underestimated how tough it was going to be. We've seen that with Joey Barton, right? He thought he was going to be he thought he thought he was going to cakewalk Scottish football. Look what happened to him, right? Shane Duffy, I think, is the exact same. He thought, yeah, it's going to be an easy ride. I'm going to be here for 10. I'm a Celtic man, blah, blah, blah. My God, he has been making howler after howler after howler. Yeah, the frustrating thing is it's only been the last couple of games um, against three stronger teams. These are the more meaningful games as well. So I'm disappointed that he's making these kind of errors in these big games. Yeah. So, what do you think, Chris? Do you think that's it? There's no way back for him? For Duffy, um, not against big teams, no. The sooner that I don't know how much longer we're going to be missing out on Julian, um, but the sooner he can get back up and, and the start line up, the better. Neil Lennon, the subject of uh, much criticism over the last uh, couple of weeks or so. Um, see, on Sunday, Chris... I typed his name in on Twitter. My God, the amount of criticism this guy was getting from the Celtic support, it was staggering. Yeah, fans are calling for his head. Um, he's came out and he's dismissing that there's any sort of a crisis at the club and that there's no justification for sacking. What's but, your thoughts uh, on that? Questions have got to be asked of him. Yeah. So you're still on the fence, aren't you? Yeah, but... Um, I'm thinking this weekend, um, obviously, it's a quick rematch against Aberdeen um, last season's Scottish Cup semi-final. Um, going to be interesting. Um, Johnny Hayes, because this is still last season's Scottish Cup, I'd imagine he won't be eligible. Um, uh, I don't think he will be, no. Because of last season's yeah. Cup, it was still so... Um, but that result, that 
will be what a confidence booster for Aberdeen. Derek McInnes actually came out after the game and says that um, how Aberdeen have had a bit of an unlucky history against Celtic, um, conceding late goals, and for once the late goals have went in their favour. So I think we'll enter this game with a bit of confidence off the back of this result that they can be the team to end Celtic's domestic dominance um, and the quadruple treble hopes. See, if I'm being honest, right, I know Celtic have been poor lately, but I think yous will get the job done against Aberdeen this weekend. I just do. Um, of course, that result for Aberdeen at the weekend will give them a, a big confidence boost going into the semi-final. But when I look at that Aberdeen defence, mate, there's too many weak links there, especially Ash Taylor. Like, he got exposed. You need to, like, obviously, like, the Shane Duffy's been getting a lot of criticism, uh, criticism right? But Ash Taylor, he's terrible. He got badly exposed at the weekend against Celtic, so he did. And yes, of course he's playing against better opposition, right? But all season he's he's been terrible. And when Aberdeen re-signed him, I was baffled by it. I'm like, why is he re-signing Ash Taylor? And I'm sure most Aberdeen fans listening to this will agree with me. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, obviously we did struggle to break them down the first half, so breaking them down sooner in the game that'll be critical to getting the result that we want. And. I alluded to it on last week's podcast that Celtic are they are good like at responding from a bad result. Yes, this week we've not seen it. Oh, last week, sorry, we've not seen it right. But with the amount that's riding on this game at the weekend and Celtic have been getting lambasted from their fans, the press, every pundit, and all of it's been justified, right? So this will be a real test, I think, Chris, for... No, not this team's mentality, but if Neil Lennon can get the best out of this group of players. Yeah, 100%. Um, if we do lose it, then obviously that's the domestic dominance host. Um, obviously, it's going to end up being two games in hand because our game with St. Martin was postponed to play this game. So if Rangers win their match at the weekend, that'll be nine points that Celtic will be trailing them. Albeit with two games in hand, so could be like psychologically, it will be a lot to think about. That this is going to be quite a lot for us to overcome. And Neil Lennon's comments after the game, I want to touch on this, Chris. Right, he said the referee's performance was poor. Yeah, that was baffling. Um, obviously, Billy Colm doesn't have the best reputation with Celtic fans, um, but. When you actually look at it, think about it, he actually didn't have that bad a game. Not the, not an absolute howler like the way Neil Lennon's making it out. Yeah, if anything, he played uh, into Celtic's uh, advantage, you know? Because uh, like when you look at uh, the penalties, right, as I said, all three pens were stonewallers, right? Um, in the lead-up to Celtic's equaliser for the second goal, uh, Cosgrove was filled, McGregor... Should have been sent off. Should have had a second yellow, you know. So, I don't know what Neil Lennon's thinking with that one. Yeah, the only thing I can say about Willie Collin, he was a bit whistle-happy, but that's about it, you know. He actually, overall, didn't have a horrible game, but it's not like he had a brilliant game, but he wasn't... It wasn't like uh, what Neil Lennon said, he, like he had a poor game. No, and as you said, uh, McGregor not getting a second yellow for the penalty at the end of the game, and... Uh... Cosgrove filling the build up to Griffiths goal. Um, actually, Neil Lennon actually has got a wee bit of a cheat to be saying that. Yeah. And what do you make of him having a go at the pundits that are criticising him? Ex teammate, well, ex, not ex teammate, but uh, a player that he used to manage, Chris Commons, came out and criticised Shane Duffy and the Celtic team. So, Andy Lennon had a go back at him. What's your thoughts on that? Um, obviously Lennon is a bit of an angry wee man um, not immune from criticism by any means um, I think he definitely needs to handle it, handle the situation a bit more professionally however Does that not show though Chris right that he's actually crumbling under the pressure? 
if he's snapping back at pundits, that's always a key sign for me. See when managers are responding to what pundits are saying, it shows that they're rattled. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's what I think. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting this weekend. So, what would be your Celtic team going into the semi-final? Put you on the spot here. Right, Bain or Barkas in goals? Well, by Bar- Barkas, if it's last season Scottish Cup, then I'd imagine they won't be eligible, so... Oh, yes, that, yeah, that's true. So, that there. Um, um, what formation would you go with, first of all? Um, well, it worked a bit better for us in the second half um, against AC Milan and that day on Sunday, so I would go back to the 4-2-3-1. Yeah, 4-2-3-1, so Scott Bain in goals... Outright, you'll go Frimpong. Frimpong, yeah. Ayer. Ayer. Um, obviously, no shape. What about uh, Beaton at centre half? Yeah. Um, would need to be Greg Taylor out on the left, I'm sure. Um, Zach's out would be eligible. Um, Rogic, McGregor. Um, El Yurusi out left. Um, James Forrest I don't know how long he's going to be out for so right winger that'll be a bit of a headache um, Christy in behind Edward Is uh, Edward back this weekend? Um, should have seen on the news earlier that he should be good to go yeah So that's uh, good news for Celtic but if he's not back would you go with uh, Griffiths? Um, yeah because no real other option well, there is Pamela there, but I don't think he's as up to it as Griffiths. So, Chris, give me a score prediction for Aberdeen and Celtic in the Scottish Cup semi-final. I'll take a repeat of the 2017 final and say 2-1 Celtic. 2-1 Celtic. Right, so we're going to move on. This is even more misery for you, Chris. And we're going to talk about... <laughs> Celtic's first Europa League group game against Eastie Milan at Parkhead where Celtic got beat 3-1 off the Italian Giants. Chris, it's <laughs> the last couple of weeks in Scotsville have not been great for you, big man. <laughs> oh, but I've, I've been brave. I've came on face the music. Exactly, mate. You've got guts. I said it last week. You've got more guts than Joe Gallagher. That's for sure. To be fair, mate, it's not that hard. He's a big pussy. <laughs> so... Yes, let's just dive into this one, Chris. Um, but, like Everyone knew going into this that Milan were big favourites to win, right? I think most people were expecting, right, there'll be a bit of a reaction from Celtic considering Rangers beat them very comfortably at the weekend, 2-0. So you were, I think the Celtic fans were expecting a, at least a performance, right? And first half, my God, it was a training session for EC Milan. Yeah, I mean, I think... The only change was like the forwards. It was nearly an identical start line up to the Rangers game, and I was in work. Um, well, I did see the full game. I got out in time, but um, yeah, wasn't a great first half. We did have the first chance of the game, but it was straight at Donnarumma, who is a world class keeper. I'll come out and say that. Um, so you need to test him a bit more better on firing shots straight at him. Um, the first real chance of the AC had but wound up in the back of the net um, the header by Krunic um, right in the corner of the net um, Barkas I don't know what he was doing he wasn't up in there for it he simply just kind of went to his side so yeah I thought he should have made a much better attempt at that I know Joe was saying oh that was a, that was a class goal and I'm like come on like I'm not trying to be biased here right but if McGregor let that go in I would be fuming you know so I think Barkas should have done better with that one like it was I thought it was a pathetic attempt, to be honest. Still think it would have wound up in the net, but he could have at least had a better try at saving it. Um, second goal, I think I was like Shane fucking Duffy again. Um, the build up to that. He was all over Callum McGregor. <laughs> he actually was. <laughs> like Even before the Eastern Man player got the shot off, he was trying to tackle... Callum McGregor instead of actually trying to go for the ball it was actually laughable I know um, but uh, it was a well well placed goal by Milan um, then into the second half um, subs had to be made I was 
in charge of the Twitter was like, subs need to be made to a very hope at a comeback or to make this less embarrassing than it already is. Ah, you were good on the Twitter that night, Chris, so you were, <laughs> see the tweets that were going up, um, any money the Celtic fans that were following it were thinking, this is Scott, definitely, but they need to realise, right, there's more than one person that has a Scott score details, you know? <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, um, saying Ryan Christie came on for um, Stephen Welsh and Lee Griffiths. Um, that enabled us to make a formation change. I thought that benefited the game. Celtic came out a lot hungrier, looking more up for it, um, playing far better, um, especially El Yunusi out on his natural position on the left wing as opposed to up front as a striker. Um, first decent chance of the after his came blacks out um, over the bar against the Pierre Club. Um, I actually thought he was the best player on the park for Celtic that night. I was it was quite, I was very interested to see that he was actually playing because uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He's on loan from EC Milan, isn't he? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was in the, I was like when I seen that I was like right why is he playing? He's on loan from EC. So like I, I thought that was weird. But obviously they have a clause in the contract yeah, that allows him to play against his current team. Yeah. Campaign, even yeah. though he was against us. So it yeah. wasn't cut tied or anything because I don't think he featured for them in the qualifiers. So it had been cut tied. Um, but Scott Brown, I mentioned that about the talking about the Aberdeen game why he was dropped at the weekend. Um, the pass straight to the Milan player. It was like, oh. Same old, same old, um, isn't it? <laughs> Tom, Tom Rogic come on, he changed up a bit, um, actually made Celtic's play a bit more progressive as opposed to old Scott Brown's like, passing off to the side or back passes, absolutely killing any forward pace or urgency. Um, did, did pull one goal back, it was a good corner from Christie onto the head of El Yunusi, and at that point it felt a bit like, oh, game, game on here. Um, how hungry Celtic came out the half, so it was like, could could there have been a Scott McDonald in two thousand seven moments against Milan, who were the European champions at the time, but it wasn't to be. Um, they caught us out at the end. Um, got a deserved three one by the end. Yeah, see when you scored to make it two one, I never thought for one minute Celtic were getting back in this game. Even Milan didn't really think it as well. They were more uh, than content to just hold out for that 2-1. And then for the Eastern Milan's uh, third goal, Celtic at that point threw everyone forward and then Milan just finished it off very comfortably. And I thought it was a very uh, professional performance from EC Milan. And I put a tweet out, so I did, <laughs> saying it's mental to think that Rangers and EC Milan didn't even have to get out of second gear to beat Celtic. And see, be fair, I think it is true. <laughs> yeah, but was, even though we came out a lot better, uh, even deep down, I knew we weren't realistically going to overcome the two-goal deficit, so um, the damage was done in the first half. If we'd had the formation we had to the full game that we had in the second half, then um, could have, who knows, but um, yeah... There was no coming back from that woeful first half performance. Yeah. And tomorrow you're playing Lille. How do you feel about that? Uh, Lille, um, 4-1 away last week against Sparta Prague. They're level on points at the top of the French League with PSG. They're unbeaten, PSGR. Um, they did have a chance to go top alone at the top this weekend, but they drew the Nice... Um, I'm kind of liking to think we could get a draw, but I feel I'm acting a bit like I was the same way with Old Firm, being a bit in denial that it's going to be a one-sided game and we are going to be all over us. Yeah, and tomorrow, uh, and the, the game at the weekend against Aberdeen, two, two like, big, big games, man. Yeah, these could be real season-defining games. Um, this could determine what kind of chance, if any, we'll have in the Europa League. Um, and then, obviously, domestic dominance for the past four seasons at stake in the cup semi-final against Aberdeen. Right, here's a, a question before we move on to Rangers, right? 
see if Lennon was to go, who'd you want to get in? It's a, I know it's a hard question, right? But I'm just throwing it out there and give me the answer off, off the top of your head. Who would you like to replace Neil Lennon if he has to go? This is a really interesting one. Sam Allardyce. Whoa, Sam Allardyce. That is interesting. So that would be a short-term fix for you? Um, yeah, I don't know if we'd be able to offer him the kind of big money long-term lit sort of contract to be after, but... Um, could come in as like caretaker, um, sees out the season, see what kind of results it yields. Interesting, man. That'll spark up quite a debate. <laughs> so it will. Sam Allardyce for the next Celtic manager if Neil Lennon gets us that, says Chris Toner. So, yeah, we're going to move on and speak about Rangers, Chris. So, Chris, this is where the mood is going to get completely lifted. Um, so it is. Rangers, over the moon with the way things are going. It's been a tremendous week to be a bear, so it has been. And uh, we're going to kick off the Rangers segment talking about the Standard Liege game where Rangers beat Standard Liege 2-0. And Chris, I need to ask you, how many times have you watched Kamar Roof school? Um, Probably the all the replays you've shared in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, where do we start with this one, Chris? Um, it, I thought it was a very solid structured performance from Rangers right and we were up against a good side a side that had not been beaten in Europe in six years at home right so this side were no slouches whatsoever and we knew what we were up against so we, we did make uh, a few changes so we did uh, Ryan Jack came in uh, Hadji came in which made total sense and Balogun came in as well. And as I said last week, Chris, on the podcast, there's so much quality and depth in our, in our squad where it, we can rotate it, where it, w- it won't be like a quality player for uh, he's a, 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 like an average player. It's quality for quality. That's what it is. And it made sense, obviously, the, the, the changes that Gerard made. And obviously, last week, I was singing the praises of Stephen Davis. I didn't want to see him out of the team all that much, but... It made sense to drop him for this game, you know. So, I thought first half, we were we played well. And there was a couple of sketchy moments, I thought, where Standard Liège uh, hit the crossbar. McGregor got fingertips to it. And then the yeah. second time they hit the crossbar, it was a clear handball. Um, it, the ball uh, came off uh, the crossbar. And yeah, it, was, it was baffling, so it was. But let's talk about the, the penalty. Chris, uh, Stonewaller for you, wasn't it? Uh, clear handball. Clear handball, yeah, there, yeah. Um, Stonewall penalty. I'd like a clearer penalty than that. Yeah, and James Tavenier stepped up, slotted away tremendously. And I was praising Tav last week in the podcast where uh, about his leadership skills, how he's really evolved and grown into the role as a captain. And I have no worries about him stepping up and taking a penalty because I remember last season he was going through a sticky patch when it came to taking penalties where for a while he was actually taking off them. He wasn't on them. Um, and that was justified because he was missing penalty after penalty. You know, and that this season he's found his rhythm again, which is fantastic to see. And uh, second half, my God, Chris, that pitch. Unbelievable. <laughs> Must have been the brain that began bucketing down about the mark. Um, I actually got a message from a workmate who's a Rangers fan, and he was like, "I'm more worried about the player getting injured than them getting an equaliser." Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. At that point, I was just hoping for us to see out the game, just get through the last twenty minutes. But also in my head, if the rain was going to get even worse, right? I was worried in case the game was going to get called off. Yeah, so that's what I was concerned about. Um, and I had a special mention, by the way, for Bassey. Um, Barisic got subbed off, he had a wee knock. And Bassey deserves a lot of credit coming into a big game like that in Europe. And he didn't look out of place at all, Chris. No, I've only seen um, like highlights of the game to, for coming on to the pod to discuss it. But um, yeah, I'll need to go back and look at him up. 
seen like his heat map from the weekend. Um, but yeah, definitely someone that can step up, fill some big boots, and put a good performance in. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I was really impressed with him. His defending was superb. He worked so so hard, and yeah, I was I was over the moon with him. You know, and I just want to touch on Morelos uh, for now. There's not a lot to complain about with this Rangers side currently. We're playing really well. Lots of confidence in the team. Picking up great results. And if there's a minor, minor thing to moan about, right? Just a wee minor thing, right? It's nothing big. Is Alfie needs to find his shooting boots again. <laughs> yeah, he's been quiet. Not getting the goals this season like it was last season or the season before. But see the thing is, though, Chris, he's not playing badly. That's the thing. He's not playing badly, right? His link-up play is good. He's he's still contributing to the team, right? Which is good. But he's... I don't, I don't know. He's just lacking a wee bit of confidence right now. And he done something which, which was really odd for Alfredo Morelos to do, right? In a game. Because you know Alfie's a greedy sod at times, so he is, right? And all strikers need to be like that, you know? But there was a moment where he, he should have had a shot but he decided to pass to Scott Arfield. And I'm like, right, that is not Alfredo Morelos. What is he thinking? And even when he passed to Arfield and Arfield uh, scuppered the chance, Arfield was looking at him like, why did you no shoot? Why pass to me, you know? Yeah, especially when Morelos is meant to be the finisher. Yeah, but I'm not too concerned because, see, Morelos, he's been carrying us for the best part of over a year or so, right? Last season, we relied on him so, so much. This season, though, which is a good thing, we don't need to rely on Morelos as much as we did in the past. No, definitely not. Um, got a good supporting cast and plenty of players who can step up and get the goals. Yeah, absolutely. And before we do come to Kamar Roof's goal, right, because that'll be the thing I'm dying to talk about, even though I spoke about it at the start, that's a wee teaser. Um... Scotty Arfield, he's a man who's been getting a lot of Scott Bradley's praises recently, and uh, <laughs> it's it's completely deserved. So as he was my man of the match uh, last Thursday uh, by a country mile, he worked so so hard. I know I keep buying on about his work rate, right? But this guy was all over the pitch, right? If you put a heat map on Scott Arfield, he was everywhere. Honestly. The energy that guy has at his age is unbelievable. And I'm just really enjoying watching him play right now. And he was so key for us against Daniel Age. And for me, if he is fit, he should start every European game for us. Because he's the type of player we need in these big, big games. Yeah, that's a big statement to be making. Um, obviously, he's only really stepped back into the first team but he's definitely been contributing down the stretch that he's been playing. Yeah, and Ryan Jack came back into the team. Really good performance. Impressed with Ryan Jack. Dictated the midfield well, along with Glenn Kamara. And the, the, see the midfield right now, I'm just so content with it, where we've got so many options. Uh, so we do. It is, it's crazy. Like This is the best I've seen a Rangers midfield in years. In years. Since uh, Walter Smith's. Uh, 2011 title winning team 100% um, because when you look at this Rangers uh, midfield Chris right you've got Ryan Jack Glenn Kamara Scotty Arfield Davis Aribo and the new city in Zunga or Zungu how, however you say it right it is stacked currently right now and from what I've seen of uh, Zungu I've been highly impressed Chris yeah, I've not had too much a chance to watch him but um the be- best ones I've seen of the Rangers midfield that you're banging on about was um, the lead up to the second goal with and Firm. Yeah, uh, no, I've like Zungo's Zunga uh, Zungo. <laughs> I keep butchering it. I'm just, I'm just going to call him Zunga, right? So Zunga's not made his debut yet, obviously, but from the reports and the, the stuff I've looked up on him, we've got our hands on a really, really top footballer. So I'm excited to see what he can do. So let's talk about the, the goal, Chris. Kamar Roof. Yep. Right. 
the best goal I've ever seen, Chris. What about you? It's definitely up there, like among the most impressive. Um, obviously, the David Beckham against Tottenham in '95, I think it was, immediately comes to mind. That's the uh, one's been getting compared to, but I think it was just like he moved off like, to the right a wee bit one sec, and then a division they uh, had to call it the keeper was off his line and took, took the shot well. Keeper was absolutely scrambling for it. Mate, honestly. Right, so I'll walk you through what was happening with me, right, when I was watching it. So, Ruth gets the ball, right, he skins about four or five players. And see when he hit the ball at the park, I'm thinking, right, he's hitting it to the corner flag. Smart, time-wasting tactics, just see the game out. The next thing you know, the ball's, like, slowly dipping into the net. And I'm like, nah, surely not, surely not. It's just going to hit the top of the the net or whatever nah, it's not going to go into the back of the net the next thing you know back of the net jaw drops I'm bouncing about my living room it, the scenes were unbelievable I put a voice note in the Scott Squad chat I was speechless mate I was shaking I could not believe what I'd seen like that was the best goal I've ever ever seen and I and the previously before I seen that wonder strike from Kamar Roof. The best goal I'd ever seen was Gareth Bale's goal in the Champions League final against Liverpool. But my God, like I think that tops David Beckham's halfway line goal, Wayne Rooney's halfway line goal, Xabi Alonso's by a country mile. Don't care if I sound biased, mate. That was the best goal I've ever witnessed. Unbelievable, you know. And uh it is. It's went worldwide, so has Chris. It's went worldwide. You have guys like Piers Morgan talking about it. Uh, Gary Lineker, CNN were reporting on it. It's it's wild, and it's yeah, it can only be good for Rangers' reputation. Yeah, one of these goals, it's going to get global exposure because of just it's improbables the word to describe that. Um, just how many of them actually go in? We see them from time to time, and almost none of them ever go in, but. Um, well taken goal. I think I was just kind of like casually sitting waiting on and just not long into but waiting about one another game coming on and then kind of preoccupied with my phone um, seeing it but uh, didn't really watch it looked up and was like that's actually went in but wow yeah it was, it was madness I was completely buzzing uh, so was every other Rangers fan you know um, and there was a few handbags after the game Chris so there were yeah, I don't, don't quite know what that was about at all. Um, Ruth played previously for Anderlecht in Belgium and he appeared to do A&L symbols and I know some of the um, standard Leeds fans that were there because Belgian fans are allowed in limited numbers um, thought that was a symbol to taunt them about Anderlecht but I believe it was, it was children's names. Yeah, uh, that's what I heard too. Um... It's something to do with his children and uh, the Anderlecht, no, not the Anderlecht, the Standardly Edge uh, fans and the the coaching staff took offence to it and yeah, yeah it was a bit chaotic, uh, so it was. Yeah, thank yeah. you. But the good thing to come out of that, Chris, there was, uh, it was nothing really, nothing really bad happened. Um, so when I seen that, I was like, oh God, man, I hope nothing is going to come out of this where one of our players is going to get punished by UEFA, fined or whatever, but none of that was the case. Yeah, I was watching it. I was like, well, it's kicked off here and depending on what happens, there could be a few UEFA charges getting thrown about here, but yeah, it didn't come to that, fortunately. Yeah, and it was the reason I was so concerned was because it was near enough the full team that was amongst it, even the coaching staff as well. Yeah, things were very easy to say the least. Yeah, and there are, I don't know if you've seen this, right? One of the standard age coaches actually went head-to-head with Roof. Then McGregor, Jack, all just, like, right away sticking up for Roof. And I have to say, right, obviously, I don't condone violence or anything, right? But it's good to see some real team togetherness amongst the squad where if one of the, uh, one of the opposition tried to pick on one of your players your teammates are right in there sticking up for you. Like, that, that just shows the bond this Rangers team has currently. Yeah, 100%. Um, team spirit, you want that in every team. But, um, obviously, I think 
they're not going to agree with you in every situation. If you're wrong, they'll probably tell you after it, but if someone else is getting up in your face, then your teammates are immediately going have your back in that sense and make sure it doesn't get out of the hand. Yeah, exactly. So I was very, very happy with the performance. A big, big three points against uh, Stanley Lage away from home. And we've got Lake Poznan tomorrow uh, at Ibrox. I'm feeling confident with this one as well, Chris. Um, like Poznan, no slouches, the same as standard age. It's gonna be. A, it still will be a tough game. Um, I don't we, like we don't. I don't think Rangers underestimate any team that be facing Europe, which is good. And I was saying it last week in the pod. This Rangers team has a different mentality compared to last seasons. Where if we got a big result, for example, the two one game at Parkhead, we won that. I think pretty much the the Rangers team thought the league was won, or even like. Like yeah, that that like stuff like that where we just get too ahead of ourselves and like yeah this is it but we're just gonna go on and win the league now but no this the mentality in this team is totally different and we've learned from our mistakes you know but it has to be said Steven Gerrard's record in Europe Chris is fantastic yeah definitely a lot more uh, grounded Rangers team as you're pointing to but uh, yeah I what was the last season's record um and the group stage. The, the the record in the group stage off the top of my head was that we lost one game, we beat fire right we beat fire right so we beat fire and at home, we drew with fire and away, we beat Porto at home, we drew with Porto away, we drew with young boys at home, and we got beat with young boys away. Yeah so. Not too bad, and then obviously getting to the, the last 16. Yeah, obviously, yeah. We beat Braga home and away, and then we lost to Leverkusen, which is which is no shame in that at all, because they are a really good side, you know. But, yeah, happy days uh, <laughs> on this side of Glasgow, that's <laughs> for sure. So, the the last bit of the Rangers assignment, Chris, uh, Rangers Livy, um, very comfortable performance. Uh, I was... Not gonna lie, I was a wee bit concerned going into this game because the, the week that we had, we beat Celtic, we beat uh, Standard Liège, right? We've got a tough game against Livy, a team that we drew with earlier on this season where we couldn't even score into them. So I'm like, right, we need, to, we need to get a result here, you know? This could be like Celtic drop points earlier on in the day, so this will look really bad in us if we drop points here. And this will be, this will be a big blow for us, like squandering points where there's an opportunity to increase the gap, but. Very comfortable, didn't have to get out of second gear. Yeah, as you're saying, um, it's where the leagues are one of us, isn't it? Um, well, like, you don't, you don't take advantage of your nearest challenger getting um, closer to you. If you don't take the opportunities, then you're going to ultimately throw your league. But um, yeah, it was a very, very solid Rangers performance. Yeah, it honestly was. Um, Aribo, uh, I thought it was a really good goal from the big man and <clears throat> Hadji, uh, tremendous assist, tremendous. Like I always talk about his intelligence, but the, the intelligence, the technique, the vision to just look out that pass and the way he delivered it as well, it was, it was perfect. And Aribo in tons of space, very comfortable finish. Yeah, I haven't seen many better assists in quite a while than that one from Hadji to a wide open a rebel, um, is always going to score it. Yeah. And Jermaine Defoe getting his 300th club goal. Defoe, yeah. 38 years old, still top quality. Yeah, that um, there was some ball from Tavernier in the build-up to it. Yeah, it was fantastic vision. And the finish, my God. He just, he just made it look so, so easy. Yeah, and as you've said, um, 300 club goals, 38 years old, and he's still quality finishing. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the guy is, he's one of a kind, Jermaine Defoe, uh, so he is. And I was, like, watching sports scene earlier on, right, and I seen the star-studded lineup. I think sports scene are really spoiling us, Chris, right? Michael Stewart and Ricky Foster. <sighs> that is what you call star-studded, man. So I was just watching a bit of that, right, and I think Michael Stewart or something said 
that I, I don't know was it, uh, I think it was Ricky Foster I can't remember said that one of the BBC producers thinks uh, Defoe's goal was better than Kamar Roos uh, what do you think about that? No like, in terms of like spectacularness and all that a very clinical goal if you want to go in those terms then yeah but in terms of spectacle like unbelievable no yeah, I don't know. When I heard that, I was like, right, nah, I'm just uh, going to know that. But yeah, then so both were fantastic strikes, but Kamar Roof's best goal of all time. <laughs> but yeah, Livy, like, let's talk about Livy. Not didn't really cause much of a threat. Livy set up the way Livy do. Of course, they've got Ibrox and need to at least try and play for a point. But like they were, like, the second goal that I bet they were thinking, right, this is going to be a real drubbing for us. So I think at that point, they were like, okay. Let's just put 10 men behind the ball, try and hit Rangers on the counter if we can, and just, just at that point, I think it was just damage limitation. Yeah, I've only seen the highlights in sports scene, um, but yeah, after 2-0, it just looked like it was like prevent us from getting any more embarrassing. They did do their job in that, but unfortunately for them, nothing came on the counter for them. Yeah, absolutely. So... Before we move on to the fixtures uh, this weekend, is there any recent news you would like to bring up, Chris, before we do that? Um, no, I think um, St Mirren, they've had an odd COVID outbreak. I don't know if they're good to go this weekend or not. Yeah, um, that's a bizarre one, isn't it? So it is. Yeah, real talk of bad luck. Obviously, these things happen. Um, Marmot, I think they were, I don't know if it's been concluded or not yet, they were getting investigated for um, possible breach of the COVID rules. Yeah, is this is the same going to happen with St Mirren? Because they also, they've had a bad outbreak with it. Um, I haven't seen anything in the news that they've been identified as having potentially had breaches, but um, obviously it's a situation to monitor because it's not the first outbreak at the club um, compared also bad luck or it's like really bad adherence to the rules on the part of the Saints yeah so I, it's it's not looking good you know but I, I keep seeing this on my, my newsfeed right that the SFA and the SPFL are having talks for a contingency plan uh, just in case the season has to end earlier or something like that. So, but do you think that could be a possibility? Oh, of course, COVID is so unpredictable, right? But if we if we do go into a fourth tier lockdown again, do you think football will be exempt from that? Um, it would be quite good to see at least the very top level of football like, being able to still continue um, obviously it's up to the government at the end of the day they have the final say over that kind of thing but it would be good to see the SPFL at least like, fight and say like, this is a good thing to keep going even under a strict lockdown as long as the proper safety measures in place because like, I think the fans that would serve as a quite a good distraction from everything going on that if they still had a football to watch at the weekend. Yeah, because football was a big part of everyone's lives and I know we were all missing it during uh, the lockdown period from uh, March on to July time or so, or July or August. Yeah, like we were, we were all missing it. Um, but it's good to, to have it back, as as we all know, you know. So hopefully, even if we need to go into a, <coughs> a fourth-tier lockdown, we can still have football to watch, you know. So this weekend, we've got another Scottish Cup semi-final. Edinburgh Derby, Chris and Saturday, it's a big one. Hearts, obviously, in the Championship. Hibs, doing pretty well in the SPFL. How do you see that one going? Yeah, just see how Hearts are started the championship season before that. Um, well, Do you know what? I'm going to go for a... Point. I think... I think it'll be a 2-1 Hibs. I mean, I just can't see past them. I can't see past Hibs either, to be honest. Um, I'll say 2-1 as well. 2-1 Hibs. 
to win Hibs. Um, Kilmarnock versus Rangers. Uh, is this at Rugby Park or Ibrox? It's at Rugby Park this Sunday. It's a tough one, Chris. We've had some issues going there in the, uh, in the past. Like Last season as well, we played them in the opening day at Rugby Park. Beat them 1-0 last minute, Connor Goldson. Last time we went there, we got beat 2-1. So we did. Yes, the referee was horrendous, but we got beat still. Yeah, and then... Um... Obviously, there's another classic pitch that Rangers dropped points earlier in the season at Liddy. Um, Celtic have dropped points here, but um, Rangers turned for and I can't see past Rangers, to be honest. So, I'll say 2-0 Rangers, your standard Rangers score at the moment, it seems. <laughs> Definitely. I know the last three games have been 2-0. <clears throat> so, I'm going to go for a... I know it's just plastic pitches, man. And this is going to be a real test as well. Like I said last uh, Sunday was a test. Like how can we bound? Like how can we continue this good run of form going? Like we had some week beating Celtic, beating Stanley Age, got a tough game against Livy, managed to beat Livy comfortably. Now we're going to Rugby Park, a place we've struggled uh, going to in the past. And but right now, as I, as I was saying earlier, the mentality in this Rangers team is much different. I am going for a two 0 Rangers win. Just keep the 2 0 train on the go, my man. <laughs> um, Livy versus Motherwell. Um, right next to each other on the table, level one points. Um, Livy at home, the, their pitch, difficult place to go to. I'll say 1 0 Livy. Dundee Wright versus Ross County. Uh, once again, Two teams right next to each other on the table, but I'll say this one will be a draw one each. I'm going to go for uh, oh, did I say Levy and Motherwell? What the score was going to be? Uh, uh, one each, sorry, I, I think that'll be one each, Levy and Motherwell. And on the United right versus Ross County, I'm going to go for a 1 0 Ross County. So, Chris, pleasure as always, my man. Good episode. And uh, we will be back next week to probably criticise Neil Lennon and criticise Shane Duffy and celebrate the good run of form of Rangers Football Club. So take care and uh, until next time, see you soon.